Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl. And today, I'm not going to recap the game. I'm going to spare all of us the disappointment and the anger and the frustration of recapping the atrocious football that we witnessed last night in a 40 to 0 loss by the Cowboys. Instead, just going to talk through some stuff and then I've got some stats to review for you which I know everyone's dying to hear and then we're going to move on and it's going to be onwards and upwards and we're going to be on to Arizona. But before that, I know a lot of us are tired. I am tired. I'm exhausted of having the same problem year after year and feeling like it's never getting better. And whether our quarterback is Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, Mike Glennon, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It could be Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Every Giants quarterback that has been on the team and played for the last 10 years, give or take, has been running for their goddamn life. And I am so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Jones was sacked nine times yesterday. Two of them were removed because of penalties. Doesn't matter. Guy still got hit nine times. Two of them, which were completely unnecessary so late in the game when we had no chance of turning this thing around and having any shot of even winning the game, why he was out there in the first place is beyond me. I typically agree with a lot of things that Dable does. I think he's a great coach. That was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen him make. And I, I, when he spoke to the media last night or today or whatever, he said that he thought that Daniel and the offense were going to be able to get something going. And I just, I just cannot understand it. I just can't. And I'll never agree with it. And I know, I know that all of us across the board feel like this. I don't care if the score was 27 nothing or 30 nothing or 36 nothing or 40 nothing at that point. It was very obvious. What we all saw, I was at the game. I left in the middle of the third quarter because I could not deal with it. Everyone who watched the whole game at home, God bless you. We saw that there was no chance of this team turning it around. Not one, not even a 0.01% into the third quarter. There was just no chance of that happening. So why are you risking your starting quarterback, who's already, prior to this, gotten sacked seven times? Why are you risking? You know he's going to get hurt again, or he's going to get hit again. You know it. On top of the seven sacks, he also had 12 hits. So this guy has been hit no less than 19 times. Why are you risking injury by keeping him out there for no good reason. At this point in the game, he's behind the second string offensive line, except for John Michael Schmitz and Neil. Second string line. 
What is the point? Don't tell me he needs the reps. He doesn't, okay? Everyone else on the team probably did. He didn't. He didn't need to risk being injured. And if he got injured, this, this would be a completely different day today. The anger and the frustration that we have as fans have today would be times a million. And I don't know what types of conversations they're having in that building, but they would be a hundred times worse. Because if Jones got hurt, this season would go from still having optimism that we could beat the Cardinals and we can turn this thing around to that's it. The season's done. Ticket sales are going down. MetLife is going to be empty. No one is going to be watching the games. Be a completely different story. And the only thing we'd be talking about right now is the fucking draft in April. How many months is that from now? Eight. Eight months from now. That's what we would be talking about. So thank God for all of us that Jones didn't get injured, but I just cannot get behind it. It was just absolutely obscene, just beyond. Let's continue with the coaching for a second. Special teams has been a problem for a while now. And I will put part of the blame on McGahee. I think he's got to be part of the problem here. I think also part of the problem is the talent. And I understand that Joe Shane only has so much to work with. He doesn't have a lot of money. He had a certain amount of draft picks. He had 15 positions, if not more, that he had to upgrade. So I get it. But special teams has been a problem for the last few years. It's been pretty ugly. And the blocked kick. This is the second time now there was a blocked kick last year. I just, I don't know what the solution is. I, it's probably a mix of both. We need a new, new coach and we need new talent. Two of those things, which are probably not happening this year. So how they're going to turn it around, I really don't know. Just like I don't know what the solution is to the offensive line. They're going to ha- be having some very difficult conversations in there. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Not up to me to figure it out. But as a fan, if they don't bring people in this week, and I can deal with it another week of special teams, if they don't bring in, I don't care who it is. You have got to bring in veterans that are tackles and guards who can get in here and be better than Mark Glowinski, who had a one rating, his rating, 1.0% on PFF for his, hold on, let me just make sure whether or not it was pass blocking or run blocking. Either way, A pass block, a pass block grade of 1%. And I know people are not thrilled about Justin Pugh or some of the other names out there. Until I see Justin Pugh on the field right now, you are not going to convince me that he is worse than Mark Lewinsky. There is not a shot in hell. Not a shot in hell. And as far as I'm concerned, it's worth it. It's worth the 1.2 million or whatever the veteran minimum is. He wants to come back, bring him back. Bring someone back. Someone who can battle out Mark Lewinsky because we've seen he's not the greatest. That was by far his worst performance I think anyone has ever seen. And if they don't do something about trying to fix it, it's not going to get better. It's just not. 
Sam Howell got sacked six times yesterday against the Cardinals, who we play on Sunday. So we are not waltzing into the Cardinals, having some sort of hope that this line is magically going to improve and Jones is not going to get sacked at least a handful of times again. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't feel like that. And again, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I'm, I'm in the camp that I believe that let's try anything. So maybe we should move Neil. Tackle's not really working out so great for him. So he used to play guard at Alabama. Move him back to the guard. Give it a try. I know we have no one else better at tackle. I get that. You're talking about Matt Pert and Marcus McKethan. And I know that none of us feel confident in either one of those guys, aside from the fact that Matt Pert might be hurt with some sort of elbow injury that we don't have an update on today. But maybe, just maybe, if Evan Neal is better at guard and he steps back into that guard position and plays decent, I don't even need him to be a top 15 guard Offensive line, whatever, in the league. I don't need that. I need him to just be decent. So we can have four out of five guys on the line that will protect Daniel Jones. Because we are not winning any games if they don't do that. And forget about the winning. I know we all want to win. We might not have a quarterback if they don't do something about it. So I am waiting for any sort of update. Like I said, there's got to be some solution. I I don't know how seemingly so many other teams in the NFL have magically figured out the offensive line. The Cowboys don't have a problem. They had a backup in last night. A backup guard. We still couldn't get to Dak. We still couldn't. The Eagles, amazing offensive line. Steelers. Pretty good. Browns, pretty good. I, I don't, I just don't know why. It's so hard for us to figure it out. And I, I will give the GMs a little bit of credit because I know they're trying. I know Joe Shane is trying a hell of a lot harder than Dave fucking Gettleman ever did. And don't you dare come at me with Dave Gettleman did this and that. You know what else he did? Wasted 72 fucking million dollars on Kenny Galladay. You know where that money could have went? That and the Nate, Nate Solder wasted money. Could have gone towards a hundred other offensive linemen when this has been a problem for 10 years. So I don't want to hear it about the good things that Dave Gettleman did. Because aside from those things, oh, he drafted Andrew Thomas. Good job. Great. We have one out of five good offensive linemen. Joe Shane brings in a couple guys. He's working on it. He only has so many draft picks. He's only been here for two off seasons. And he's got to build an entire offensive line, among other things that he has to do. Barely has any cap space. Couldn't bring in any veteran tackle at the line because Dave Gettleman left us in the red. He's doing the best that he can. I give Joe credit. He is doing whatever he can with a little bit amount that he has. They have brought in guys. They brought in Julian Davenport, Tyree Phillips. They're, they're bringing in guys, so I know they're working on it. But I know it's hard. I know it's hard for us, and I feel like this as a fan. I'm just tired 
I am so tired of watching every single Giants quarterback for the last 10 years get murdered, absolutely murdered week in and week out. It doesn't matter what team we're playing. I feel bad for them. Could you imagine being those guys? And I'm not saying that Jones is blameless. He made bad decisions last night. Of course he did. But you can't put the sole blame on Jones. You can't. Every single person on that field made a mistake last night. John Michael Schmitz did pretty damn good. All things considered, fucked up a snap and a couple other ones. Andrew Thomas, one of the most reliable players on this team, gets a false start because of communication issues, because they barely played together in the preseason. Hawkins and Banks were both good. They're probably the highlights of the light of the night last night. The only few things that we can talk about that they played a lot during preseason. And that showed on the field, I think. Those two guys had penalties. Graham Gano! Graham Gano, who can make 57 yarders and 56 yarders in preseason and during the regular season. The guy is called automatic for a reason. Misses what, a 28 yarder, a 30 yarder? I mean, to blame one person on this loss is absolutely obscene. Please stop. Please stop. I just gave you at least four reasons and four different people that you can blame it on. And I'm not, I mean, I could name literally every single person on the roster. You could, you could blame all of them. You could blame the coaching. You could blame Mike Kafka. Why is Daniel Jones still running and doing RPOs with five minutes left in the fourth quarter? Why is he not handing the ball off every fucking play at that time? Why? Why are you calling those plays? I love Mike Kafka. I love him. Why are you doing that? Absolutely terrible decision. Just frustrating. The whole thing, just absolutely frustrating. We had that beautiful drive in the offense. And all of us, I know all of us are thinking, this is it. This is what we waited so long for. This is what all these offseason moves amounted to. An offense that can move the ball down the field. A Darren Waller who can make plays. A Saquon who can have great runs. The offensive line who can block. Paris Campbell making catches. We're there. We're right there. And the Andrew Thomas flag, and then the block kick, and the touchdown, and then it all went downhill from there. The interceptions, the fumbles. I didn't even know about the Isaiah Hodgins turnover. I'm in the car driving home. I left in the middle of the third quarter, which I've never done in my life. Not once. Never. I've seen some bad games at my life. Suffered through Monday night footballs in the snow. Never seen anything like this. I left. I'm on the phone with my husband. He tells me, oh, the Giants, Giants have the ball. Oh, looks like a great play. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, no, no. This is what I'm hearing from him. I'm like, oh, my God. Who's on the, who's down on the field? Is someone getting carted off? Is his leg broken? What is happening? What is happening? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's got to be an injury. Someone has to be getting carted off for this reaction to come from my husband who's a Patriots fan and he's like oh no your receiver just would have had a beautiful 40-yard gain and then just yanked it out of his hands another turnover and at that point I was like I don't even care I thought you were going to tell me he was injured and out for the season I don't even care that there's another turnover at this point in the game because we all knew in the third quarter the game was over maybe before that I tried to be optimistic. I stayed till the third quarter thinking, 
they're going to come out of halftime, whatever was said in the locker room, fist fights, whatever they did then, they, they collaborated and they sorted it out. And they're going to come out in the third quarter and they're going to figure it out. And we're going to get some points on this board. And boy, was I wrong. Because the two interceptions, pick six, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Nope. No, no, no. It wasn't. Had to add a couple more fumbles in there. Had to just do everything we possibly could to ruin that game even more than it could have been ruined. And I know that a lot of us went into this game being optimistic, myself included. I think we had every right to. Because no one, when I tell you no one, that includes Pat McAfee, who's spoken very highly of the Giants this year. That includes Rob Gronkowski, who said that if every NFL coach, if any one of them called him, he would only play for Coach Dable. This is the type of stuff. How could we not go into this? We got Paris Campbell. We got a new center. We got Darren Waller. Darren Waller made it through the injury. He's okay. The hamstring tightness is good. Maybe he's not going to be 100%. He's going to play. Sterling Shepard is healthy. We got Aziz. We got Kayvon. They're going to get to Dak. We got all this talent in the front. We got Sean Robinson. We got Nacho. If Dexter and Leo need a minute, they got to get rotated. We're okay. We got Bobby Okurake. We got Isaiah Simmons. We got all this talent. All of it. For nothing. For literally nothing. I'm watching Kayvon. I'm watching Aziz. Dexter Lawrence. Two pressures. That's it. Out of the front four. Isaiah Simmons. Impact player. Couldn't get there. Bobby Okurake. Made some tackles. Micah McFadden. Are you ready for a surprise, guys? Micah McFadden led the defense in tackles. Bet you didn't see that coming because I certainly didn't. The worst part about all of this, I know a lot of us don't have faith in Dak. I'll include myself in that. You've heard me talk shit about Dak. Love him as a person. Does amazing work off the field. I think he's great. I think he's an overrated quarterback. They won 40 to nothing yesterday against us. Dak went 13 for 24, 143 passing yards. They only had 122 rushing yards, okay? They didn't blow us out of the water on offense. He didn't throw for 300 passing yards. Pollard and Deuce Vaughn didn't run all over us. Dak didn't run all over us. It's the worst part. I maybe would have even liked that a little bit better. But this just proves my point that Dak is overrated. And we just sucked absolutely sucked across the board last night. You want me to even even go even further, tell you how bad we were last night? Oh, I'll tell you. Because the athletic did the work for us. Are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready because I read this and I was like, I knew it was bad last night. I knew it was horrendous, atrocious. All the bad adjectives you want to use to describe it. Go ahead, say it. I'm with you. I agree. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in regards to Giants football. And we saw some terrible Giants football over the last couple of years. This was unlike anything I ever could have predicted. No team in 104 years of the National Football League, not a single team, in a season, okay? In an entire season for 104 years, not one team has lost 40 to zero or worse, lost the sack battle seven to zero or worse, Lost the turnover battle, three to zero or worse. We all know we had a lot more than three last night. I don't need to tell you that. 
had a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. I'm not done. Threw a pick six. Not a single team in 104 years has done that in an entire season. A whole season. 17 games, 14 games, whatever it is. We did that in one game. In one game. To one of our arch rivals at home on national television. I am so upset I could cry. So embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Wow. This is embarrassing too. Um, I just, also to make things worse, there was a Cowboys fan behind me. I was, I was one minute away from strangling him. I do not condone violence. I am a lover, not a fighter. I don't even like verbal confrontation. Ask anyone in my family or my husband that. I do not like it. That is not me. This guy. I was like, you better shut your fucking mouth. Shut your mouth because I'm going to kill you. Because this is bad enough. It's bad enough that as a fan, I paid over $200 in over three hours to watch this game in the pouring rain because MetLife doesn't have a roof or barely any coverage for the stands. I just sat there and endure this embarrassing, atrocious football that I was excited about. I was excited to go to this game. We made it through the whole tailgate with no rain. We're all going into this thing. We could do this. We could beat Dallas at home. At the very least, we can make it a close game. At the very least, it could be close because we did a lot this offseason and we've improved. And I just sit through that and have a Cowboys fan in my ear calling Daniel Jones weak for sliding. Shitting on our defense, acting like Dak was running all over him, cheering that we're down 16-0 in the middle of the first quarter. Rub it in. Rub it in because it does not get worse. And all I have to say to the Giants football team and the coaching staff, because I know <laughs> that they are watching this, is you better read every goddamn headline. I hope you read every fucking Twitter post that talks about how embarrassing you were and how bad and pathetic. And you come into practice on Wednesday and you work your ass off every single day from now until the rest of the season. It's embarrassing. It's about to be that time of the month in my defense. Um, for them, they need to do a 180, a complete 180, and go into Arizona and destroy them. That is the only way that they will restore any type of faith in this fan base. And I'm not a doomsdayer. I am not out here saying, we're the worst team in the league. We're going 0-17. We're going to tank. We're going to get Caleb Williams. We're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. That is not me. I am optimistic. Until they continue to give, call me insane, fine. But I am optimistic until they prove to me that I shouldn't be optimistic anymore. We have talent on this team. We have a good coaching staff. We can win games. We saw them do it with less last year. There are no excuses, none. So they better go in there on Sunday and they better destroy them. And then they can go into the 49ers and they can go in with a little bit of momentum and maybe a little bit of hope that if they can't pull out a win, which is probably extremely unlikely, that they could at least not embarrass themselves and play good 
competitive football and make plays and prove that they're better than they were last year because they have all the talent. They have the coaching staff. There is no reason, not a single reason why they can't turn this around. It is week one. Fine. You had a bad day. Everyone had a bad day, collective bad day. Call it whatever you want to call it. It's a new day. We've got 16 more games. And I am not going to sit my ass at MetLife Stadium and watch bad football like that again. So they have until Seattle to turn it around. Or I'm telling you, MetLife is going to be empty this season. And John Merritt is going to get a hell of a lot of letters. And one of them is going to be from me. I hope, guys, I really hope it doesn't go like this. I really think a lot of it had to do with the fact that our starters on offense and defense played a total of one series during preseason. So when we saw things like flags last night, like miscommunications, like bad football, a lot of it, that it's, I'm right now, I'm going to chalk it up to not having a lot of playing time. I don't care about OTAs. I don't care about camp. They don't hit. They hit in preseason, which doesn't matter when you play one series. And we see one good series of the, of the offense. We feel like, oh, my God, this is it. We got talent. We can do this. And you see one good series from the defense, and you think, Kayvon's out there. He's running sprints. He's getting his endurance up. Dexter is going to have some breaks. He's going to get to the quarterback. Aziz, he's healthy. He's fast. He can get there. They need to turn it around. And I think they will. I think they will. In the meantime, we're all going to say a little prayer, a Hail Mary, a whatever you believe in, whatever you don't believe in, talk to the universe, talk to your neighbor, I don't know, talk to the air that Andrew Thomas is okay because our backup tackles right now are Matt Pert and Marcus McKethan. And Marcus McKethan didn't play a single snap last night. And Matt Pert is dealing with an injury. The fact that they put Joshua Izudu, a guard, in that tackle to replace Matt Pert, I think says everything we need to know about Marcus McKethan, which is extremely concerning. Extremely. So we need to all hope that Andrew Thomas's MRI comes back okay. I don't think we're going to have any news until Wednesday. So until then, we're going to put good energy out there, and we are all going to hope that Andrew Thomas is okay. Banks is okay. He left the game with cramps. He ended up not coming back. Dable confirmed he's okay today. We are also waiting on Gano's x-ray. It's the last of the injury updates, but we're all going to hope that those guys are okay. I don't know, guys. I don't know. That was horrific. Absolutely horrific across the board. Um, but like I said, there's still time. It's one week. One week. They got time to turn it around. We're going to meet Dallas again. And we are all going to hope that by the time from now until when we go play Dallas, that this team looks like an entirely different team than what we saw on the field last night. That's what I'm going to hope for. And I hope you all hope the same. 
I'm going to leave it there. And that's it. That's it for this episode of Everything New York Giants. Please rate, review, subscribe. We're in this together. And um, listen, at the end of the day, I'm ride or die. I hope you guys are too. Let's go Giants. Mm -hmm.